Wow. I get love. Love that, man. And by the way, uh, we'll have a pair uh, a pay-per-view pass to give away a little bit later on this show. Uh, listen for that. And then reminder, the phrase for tomorrow on the social media post is Steph is awesome. Steph is awesome. That's the phrase for tomorrow's social media post, all right? All right. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205 is the phone number. It is nice to have him back because he has not been feeling the best for the last few uh, weeks here, but he's kind enough to join us. Dr. Joe Eastman is our COVID modeling specialist. He's worked with NASA, uh, WinLogix, LTER, uh, as well as also Colorado State University, uh, University of Texas, Austin COVID modeling team. He is up north. He's kind enough to join us today to give us his latest thoughts on COVID and how things are going. Hi, Dr. Joe. How are, I, I, I'm glad you're feeling better enough to join us today. Hi, thank you very much. It, it's been a long haul. No, you <laughs> didn't. Sure. You didn't have COVID. You just had this cold that's going around, correct? That's correct. It should have been about a two-day event. And uh, because of my pre-existing condition, it, uh, we're on day 15 right now, but it's, it's almost gone, so... Well, good. I can get back to normal now and uh, recover from the saddest day of the year yesterday. I, I had to take my boat out. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but, well, I mean, it's not that cold up there. You still could have gotten a week or so in. Yeah, I know. They came and yanked my dock out this morning, so I had no choice. You can park it on the beach. Come on, Joe. <laughs> I, I know. I'm, I'm getting old and failing here. <laughs> <laughs> I see a quitter. All right. <laughs> uh, first of all, I don't know if you saw the story. There was a, a new breaking story that came down from New York Times today, studies and research on the long COVID, and they have discovered that the serotonin it was a lack of there's or it, it, at least this is an interesting uh, course of uh, research that they have tracked a lack of serotonin in the body to long COVID. I don't know if you saw that 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 is that's an interesting. It's, it's nice to see we're getting the scientists involved here to to really kind of break down what is going on there with these long COVID cases. Yeah, um, actually the. the the uh, the idea comes from a few years ago. I've I've seen a little bit of literature, but I'm I'm glad to see people are finally picking up on it a little bit more and uh, starting to research it because uh, we continue to find out more and more stuff about the long COVID, and uh, we're we're just beginning the journey on that. So um, yeah, that was a positive development. I just haven't had a chance to uh, read it thoroughly because I've been catching up all day on all the time I missed. <laughs> no. And, and what are you seeing when you're, when you're looking at what's you, sometimes that's actually a great way to look at things. I mean, you're, you're seeing a few weeks worth of information come through. What are some of the signs that you're and, and some of the patterns that you're picking up on right now as you go back and review this information? Yeah. What, uh, what I'm mainly seeing right now is a, a big change in the, uh, the variants. Um, one of the ones that I tagged as uh, kind of a leader was uh, FL151 and, and I see that's waning in the, uh, the scary one, which has the highest uh, highest growth advantage of anything I've seen yet. Is um, the HK or HB1 virus variant, and uh, that's really picking up steam. It's in second place now in terms of the the race for the lead variant, still behind the EG5.1. But uh, there's another one to keep your eye on, and it's called HK3 and and both of these um, 
their immune escape and their bonding efficiency to the ACE2 protein is just incredible. And, and that means they're going to linger in your body a long time. So and, um, that's great. Where, where are these variants? Are we talking about here in the U.S. is where these variants uh, are now emerging now, or are they worldwide? That's right. They're, they're basically worldwide, but uh, they're starting to pick up steam, especially in the northeast United States. If you look at what's going on in Boston and some of the New England states, um, they're, they're getting another surge right now. Um, the other thing to kind of look at is the, uh, the respiratory viruses and the flu are, are starting. We're basically repeating last year right now, mm-hmm. and that cycle is just starting to go right right at the moment, and we're seeing a lot of hospitalizations for, for kids under six and and the um, older adults like myself, they're over 60. So um, we're in for another one of those uh, three-month periods that is not going to be real pleasant. And I noticed on my trip to the oncologist last week, they were telling me they were actually short-staffed on the other floors because everybody was getting COVID around there. Wow. So, um, yeah. Um, but I, I think that's starting to wane a little bit in Minnesota. But uh, as the respiratory picks up and dominates for a while, then COVID's going to sit there and new variants will come on and we'll repeat the cycle. It's, um, it's unfortunate. We need, to, we need to mitigate this a little better than we're doing right now. Two weeks ago, I got my COVID shot and my flu shot together about a week and a half ago. And I was talking to the, the pharmacist, uh, the, the, I think, nurse practitioner that was giving in the shots at that, that pharmacy. And she very, very straightforward said, okay, no, I think that this is what you're going to see from here on out is it might be for the time being two shots a year, but we're going to get the COVID into almost kind of a flu-like model of prevention where there'll be the COVID shot and a flu shot and you'll be able to have them both at the same time. And that's going to just kind of be the standard course there. Um, you know, obviously there there's variants. And obviously with the flu shots, you can have variants of the flu or, you know, how the, 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 the variant that that flu shot is directly addressing somehow breaks through with an individual. I mean, that does happen. But, I mean, is that that scenario, as, as you're going to see it now, is that seem to be where the pharmaceutical industry and the medical industry seem to be focusing on is just kind of getting this down to a once or twice a year vaccine for COVID that is updated with any of the variants that come forward. Well, I, I hate to say it, but it's, it's wishful thinking in my opinion, you know, um, right now influenza A, by the way, is the dominant one right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, they're, they just allocated another uh, uh, half a billion dollars for, for the next generation of, of vaccines, but um, this thing is is going through an evolutionary stage at a rapid pace that, frankly, we haven't seen before. So that's the frightening thing about it right now. And um, you know, the the whole idea of comparing it to the to uh, flu is is kind of kind of backwards because um, the problem is. You do get some long-term symptoms from flu occasionally, but the way COVID's evolving, it's it's slowly eating away at our, our immune systems. And until we stop it, I mean, I've seen uh, heads of state refer to it as COVID now. Um, it, it's getting that serious in terms of what it's doing to our immune system and how it's 
genetically engineering ourselves. So um, I, I can't see that scenario in the near-term future. I'll put it that way. Well, so can, that's something down the road. Can you, you, I, I, you can use as much science as you need. I want you to explain something you just sort of said. It's like the evolutionary process of the COVID, COVID virus is is like nothing we have seen before. It's kind of a, can you elaborate more on that and kind of give us what, what that exactly means? Yeah. Um, if you look at it, uh, in fact, I put a, a pretty good uh, explanatory post in my newsletter today. Um, if you look at what I was looking at, like, say, back in May, um, we had a chart of all the variants and their lineages and how they go. And the thing was fairly painless to look at it. I mean, it wasn't cluttered or there wasn't anything, you know, jump out at you in terms of complexity. And then I looked at the, the newest chart last night and I went, holy buckets, what has happened here? <laughs> it's It looks like somebody just took a bunch of letters and numbers and threw them at, a, at the wall and saw them stick. There are so many variants out there, and there's no sign of this stopping. And, you know, for instance, the BA286 just got another 30 new mutations. Uh, keep your eye on that, by the way. Uh, it's The pace is just, I can't even keep up with it. I, I can't keep my model up to date because it seems like every couple of weeks I got something new I got to account for. And that, that sets me back another week to get things ready and calibrate and such. And uh, like I say, this is not uh, something we're, we're used to seeing in terms of the number of mutations, and that's because we don't, we don't uh, mitigate it properly. We let it just run amok and get inside people, especially people like me that are immune-suppressed, where it can sit and linger for a long time and reproduce and, and produce more mutations. And uh, that's kind of what's going on right now. So every time we have a new mutation, we could have another potential problem. And um, and just so. to put this in perspective, let's let's compare it. And, and I know you just said it's not fair to compare the two, but when a flu virus goes through a mutation or an evolution, it, you know, it, it, it's at a much slower rate, and it doesn't. It's it's not so in, in a thousand different branches. That's that's correct. It's. Oh, yeah. um, if you look at it historically, it's pretty much used up all, uh, not all of them, but used up a lot of the, its uh, ability to mutate because there's only so many proteins that it can it can go through, whereas um, COVID is, is doing things with its proteins at spots on the body of the, prote- of the virus and, and, of course, the spike, spike mutations. But right now, the body mutations are the ones that are causing this immune escape in this whole re-engineering of the uh, DNA within our cells. So um, the, the two are much different. It's, if you put a rate on it, I would say at least three to four orders of magnitude greater is the evolutionary pace of, uh, of COVID versus the flu. How much of how much of this evolutionary process is a product of just human? Let's be honest, human laziness when it comes to COVID nowadays. People don't wear face masks. We're back to school. No one's even thinking about COVID anymore. We're going to have the holidays. We, I mean, this pattern is going, is going to repeat itself over and over again. Where we get back in September, back to school, it starts to rise, goes through Thanksgiving, goes through Christmas, finally peaks out in January, February, and starts to drop down again. Uh, you know, right now it it, it seems like you know. 
the United the, the, hum, the human beings are at the point where they're almost kind of encouraging this you know this evolution in a and I guess I don't you know not because there's a hope that it ev- ev- you know evolves into something that's not harmful but rather just a I don't care. <laughs> you hit the nail right on the head with that comment. <laughs> I mean that is so spot on. It um, it's really frustrating because we know what we can do. There's there's uh, neutral variant variant neutral mitigation strategies that we can use, like the masking and getting everybody vaccinated. I mean, last I saw, uh, it was less than seven percent of the eligible people had uh, gotten the new booster. Um, it, it's really pathetic, and it, and part of it comes, you know, because we've kind of minimized it and said this is our new normal and accepted that. Uh, we've done that in the past, and, you know. Uh, if you look at the uh, pandemic in 1918, and and then they started finding things out like 20, 30 years later that long-term consequences of that, because you know we didn't we didn't have the technology then to really mitigate it properly. So uh, we're we're looking at things down the road long be long after me and you were gone from this earth. So um, you know, and you look at when school starts, it's. I'm looking at a graph right now of Florida, and it's just it's absolutely incredible. School starts, and all of a sudden, bang, there goes the spike, and then it spreads to other age groups and, and repeats the process, and uh, we just let it go, and uh, that's unfortunate. Well, and and it's and it's and in Florida, it's a speci- uh, specifically egregious because, I mean, they have a, a state government who is saying there's nothing to worry about. And I mean, there are people dying, a lot of people dying every day in Florida. And, you know, you, you would never even know it because the mentality is just to ignore it and hope it goes away. Yeah. And they, they got an attorney general. I, I think people should bring a, a, a standing a lawsuit against this guy because he's, he's warning people against taking vaccines for many sakes. I mean, how does this guy, a doctor is beyond my I can't tell him. <laughs> you said, you said <laughs> really attorney general. It's, it's surgeon general. The surgeon general down there. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Well, I, I well forget his name. Oh yeah, he did. I think we saw him on Bewitched, Doctor Bombay, if I'm not mistaken. I, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I think that's our medical professional right there. Um, so you and I have both been COVID vaxxed. You got your COVID vaccine, right? Yeah, I got the. Uh, uh, Moderna spike vax and uh, because I couldn't get the Novavax yet, but uh, that continues to show good promise. By the way, outperforming the other other vaccines that are out there. And if you've ever had a reaction to the uh, mRNA vaccines, I, I urge you to reconsider and and take the Novavax because that's a traditional protein based vaccine that uh, shouldn't elicit the kind of response you're getting from the mRNA vaccines. So I got, um, I, I got spike vax too. Uh, so, and I, and I, this, I can't tell you how much I appreciate the fact that I can, Hey, is this the right one to get? And you're like, yes, get this one. You're good. Okay. Good. I, I appreciate that. Dr. Joe. Um, it, and they, I, I was going to mention, they, they got another one that new technology that looks really promising and, and that's a, a nasal vaccine that they're they're working on right now. And if you think about it, doesn't that make sense? Your your nasal and, and throat and those passages are the first line of defense. 
So why not prevent it from get, even getting to the lungs that's, if you can? That's a good, that actually is a really good idea. I will say this. It does sound like you and I had been both shocked. The VA was actually, you know, was behind, it seemed, in getting the COVID vaccines out there. They now actually do have scheduled times you can get in there. I don't think it's the Novavax, though. I think it is. Uh, I think it's the spike vax that they've got. But it, it, the, the, the good news is with the, the, the veterans at, at the VA, we're now starting to get them involved in the vaccine process as well. Yeah, holy moly, that was a, a travesty. And the, you know, the other thing is, since they ended the emergency de- declaration back in May, we, we suddenly started kind of privatizing the distribution and, and some of these other things, relying on insurance companies and stuff. And you see people getting on, on the same insurance I am, but they're in a different state. They're getting charged 150 bucks for a, a jab of the yeah. vaccine. I mean, this is outrageous. Uh, and it all stems back to ending the uh, emergency declaration back in May. That was a big mistake. And, and uh, Republican states allowing crap insurance get in there, for goodness sakes. I mean, thank God well, I'm in Minnesota. Yeah. Oh, unbelievable. Uh, last thing here, because I, I did not have you have you on since this was announced. Um, it was announced a few weeks ago. Minnesota had hit 15,000 dead in COVID. I think that we would all pre-2020, if anyone said 15,000 people in the state of Minnesota are going to die from something, we would have done anything in our power. Unfortunately, the vast majority of people just probably didn't even realize 15,000 people had died and just shrugged their shoulders because God forbid anything get in the way of their buffalo chicken wings and watching a sporting event at a bar and 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 i just i I would like your thoughts because i mean that is a pretty considering this is just the state of minnesota it's fifteen thousand, and it's now more than that it it is pretty astronomical it 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 really is and uh you know this this stems back to uh leadership uh from our health health departments and uh, all the way up to the national level um this whole thing of of minimizing things in the, you know, I hate to be cynical, but economic factors and politics playing a role in public health is the most crazy thing I've ever heard in my life. And it should not be involved one iota in, in our decision making. And uh, unfortunately, that's what's happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to continue to see this until people really get ticked off and start uh, confronting the leaders and letting them know what they think. And uh, I encourage everybody to do that if they can. Uh, Dr. Joe Eastman, uh, if you're not following him on Substack and reading his daily or his, his regular updates, and I shouldn't say daily, his regular updates there, uh, you should be. I'll link to that a little bit later on. Uh, Dr. Joe, once again, glad you're feeling better. Still rest up, get 100, percent and and bless you. I appreciate you coming on. I, I really, it always is is great to have the new information. And I I, I can't thank you enough for uh, hosting me and letting me get the word out. And um, I hope you're feeling better too. You had a little bit of a spell on yeah. yourself. So. <laughs> yeah, but that was that that cold that went around because I happened to go near a college campus. Thanks for that, college. <laughs> <laughs> all right, it's, all right, Dr. Joe Eastman, I will take a break, wrap up our one when we come back. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950.